name is Caroline Garnham from boutique law firm Garnham Family Office Services. We protect and preserve the wealth of the world's rich and famous. But having a good lawyer is only part of the solution. My podcast, How to Keep Your Money, draws on my 30 years experience and my extensive network of professional advisors to better inform you. Subscribe to our podcast and learn from the professionals on how to keep your money. This is episode nine of How to Keep Your Money. I'm Caroline Garnham of Garnham Family Office Services, specialist lawyers to the ultra high net worth community. I'm joined in the studio today by Mark Club, Senior Investment Manager at Team, an asset management business based in Jersey, which strives to grow your assets continuously, consistently and continuously. His background has been as an investment banker, and he grew his investment banking business, Altium, to 10 offices around the world and 300 staff, just with Sir Roland Cohen. Sir Ronald Cohen. Ronald Cohen, thank you. He's passionate about investing. He's a major shareholder, sorry. And has a deep understanding about the relationship between performance and long-term share price behaviour. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. To How to Keep Your Money. Uh, you are born in Preston in Lancashire. Your yep. father was in business at yep. Grenell, Grenell Green and Whitney Brewery, and they did hotels and restaurants. Yep. For a period of time, they owned Devere Hotels, for example. And he did that with a gentleman called Lord Dalsbury. Edward Greenall, who then became Lord Dalsbury. Yep. In 1966, they decided to relocate themselves and the business to Jersey to avoid the super tax imposed by Harold Wilson's government when you were six. You said you hated Jersey. You said it was small and claustrophobic. However, you've now left as soon as you possibly could, went to Hawkevet. You've seen the world through the investment crisis and cycles. What attracted you back to Jersey, where you now live and have your home? Um, I, I guess a sense of maturity. Um, you're a very different person at the age of 55 to the same person at the age of 18. Um, so there were a number of things that attracted me. Um, the safety aspect, not just the financial safety, but the political safety, the robustness of the legal system, um, the robustness of the banking system. Uh, it's a very beautiful island. Um, the other appeal to me was the logistics or the connectivity of the islands to uh, uh, accessing the, the the wider world. You know, it's a 40-minute flight from Jersey to Gatwick. There are half a dozen, probably more flights a day. Um, then there's Southampton. You can get the train to London. Uh, and there, head to wherever it is you need to go. So unlike locating myself in Mauritius or, or, or the Caribbean, where access to Europe is, is a long-haul flight, um, uh, Jersey seemed sensible and it was familiar. Um, in terms of business, I, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do when we sold the investment banking business. Um, and I sort of rather drifted into 
investment management um, almost by accident. Um, one thing that I, I always look for or have always looked for in a business is the environment that it sits in and, and the services and the facilities. Because no man or business is an island, you need help. And if you're in the finance world, you need specific uh, uh, third-party service providers, whether they be tax, legal, um, custodial, banking. And, and Jersey, I think, is uh, much underappreciated for the, the quality, the very high quality um, of third-party advice, service, provision. Um, and, and the thing about it is that this is now a multi-generational set of experiences and skills. You know, I think that, Caroline, you mentioned to me um, earlier that it was really the change in the law in the early 70s, the trust law in particular, that saw the development of people, entities, companies migrating their assets and legal entities to particularly Jersey. Yeah, let's pick up on that because that's my next question. Um, in 1987, as you know, I started writing as a contributor on tax and trusts for mm. the weekend Financial Times. The articles of most interest for my readers were on offshore tax planning for UK resident, non-UK domiciled individuals. Jersey, uh, historically, has been a civil law-based legal system, but in 1984, it introduced a trust law which recognised trusts. This change made Jersey an obvious location in which my clients and readers could base their trusts and holding structures. Despite your early antipathy towards Jersey, um, you've always used, used it to hold your assets and investments. Why is that? Yeah. Uh, um, so my 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 father was an entrepreneur, um, uh, as was his as was my grandfather, um, and I didn't really listen to him on most things, um, particularly his abhorrence of rock and roll music and blues music, which is a, happens to be particularly <laughs> I happen to be particularly fond of. But I, I did listen to him when it came to 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 to, to business. Um, and uh, and I particularly listened to his uh, tax and financial advisor, whose name was Conrad Whitehead. He was a senior partner at uh, at uh, Coopers and Lybrand, as it was then. And they both gave me the very strongest advice that I should uh, take advantage of being a Jersey resident and establish my own Jersey holding company, um, which I did. And in fact, I, I, I uh, other than a car. Uh, or two or three or a dozen. Um, I only ever owned anything within my Jersey company, even though I might have been living in London, say. Um, so my shareholding in the business that um, we founded back in 1996, that was held through my Jersey holding company. Um, and uh, And so I never really left Jersey you know, from a commercials perspective. And even today, sometimes people ask me, well, so why do you live in Jersey? Um, much like you, Caroline, have asked me. And often I reply that I don't really see myself as living anywhere. I see myself as being, you know, uh, international, but that my office is Jersey. Um, uh, and And I think that for a lot of people, Jersey is their office. It happens to have a very nice sea view, some excellent restaurants and bars, 
um, and, and a very civilized and safe community to live within. Um, and you sort of can want for nothing, but, uh, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a really great place, an underappreciated place. Before we get onto the corporation tax rate on, mm. on, on businesses, mm. you say your office is, is always in Jersey, mm. a lovely sea view. But also, of course, um, Jersey is very close to the UK. Mm-hmm. Its personal tax rate is only 20%. It's easy and safe, as you've mentioned before. But this attracts experienced and knowledgeable professionals like yourself to the island. Um, and the value, I think, of experienced and knowledgeable professionals professionals is not always recognised by clients. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the point on tax to make is that, you know, there's an old expression, don't let the tax tail wag the dog. Um, the point you make about personal taxation is, 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 is absolutely um, correct. It, it's 20%, it's flat. Um, I mean, clearly there are differences in personal taxation in terms of uh, uh, very wealthy people coming into the island where there are different tax considerations. But broadly, personal tax has remained the same in Jersey for since the Second World War. Um, so there's that, that, there's that consistency and, and, and one can forecast it. So, so that's a tick in the box, clearly. Um, but I think that the, the thing about Jersey is you know, it used to be called a, a tax haven. And, and I think that was such an inaccurate way to describe the place. It's actually tax neutral. There are tax benefits, obviously, but it's broadly tax neutral. What is, I prefer to use it as not a tax haven, but it's a, it's, it's a safe haven. Um, and I think that, you know, there comes a point in everybody's life particularly if you are wealthy where yes tax is important but it doesn't necessarily you know wag the dog um you know we don't want to live in a place where we don't know whether the government's going to be in power from one minute to the next whether our you know there'll be men with machetes at our doorstep um just because we don't pay any tax you know i would rather pay the tax and know that i haven't got men with machetes ringing on my doorbell because you reach a certain point financially where tax is, yes, it's an influencer over your decisions, but it's not a determiner. Thank you. Going back to the corporation Sorry, tax yeah. rate. Um, I've missed that bit. No, no, this is the next question. You run an investment management business mm-hmm. based in Jersey and you have mm-hmm. a lovely sea view. Uh, Jersey, we know, is on the periphery of the EU but it's not in the EU. Therefore, it's not restricted by the maximum rate of tax, which they impose yeah. on all member states, which is 12.5% in Ireland and in Cyprus. In fact, you know, you, you are taxed, your business is taxed at 0%, which is very attractive indeed. Can you elaborate on these benefits for trust and individuals appointing local Jersey investment manager and presumably these savings you can pass on to some of your clients? Yes, I mean, typically, you know, I have to say to start with, I'm not an expert on tax or trust law per se. Um, I mean, typically our 
client would be, if it was within a trust company, we would be the investment manager appointed by the trustees. So we would have an investment management agreement. Uh, our job is to manage those assets um, uh, to, to, to the suitability and, and, and appropriateness of whatever the trust may require. You know, there might be a priority for income or there might be no priority for income. There may be ESG considerations. There may be, you know, uh, um, categories of investment that the underlying trustees don't want. Um, we, we, we provide the reporting, obviously, of that investment management. Um, you know, my understanding is that the trust companies, you know, take this benefit. And I guess where the benefit comes to the settler or the future or existing beneficiaries is that clearly, you know, the income that is received into that investment vehicle is is taxed at zero or a very low rate. And where you get the real gain as an investment manager is the fact that that income is reinvested on a compounding rate of return. So over a period of time, you're enhancing your overall total returns. Um, and that is undoubtedly, as an investment manager, a very big bonus because it means on the 1st of January, you know that you have the performance benefits of last year's compounded tax-free income um, uh, coming through. There is There are some elements within all this that are, if you like, chinks in the armour, um, and that is the re reclaiming of withholding tax. Um, at the moment, uh, as we speak, for example, Jersey doesn't have a dual tax treaty with the US. So you can't reclaim US withholding tax. Um, however, if you buy an investment that is paying income at a gross level, then you are taxed on whatever that income is where you declare it. Um, so as a trust, where let's say there aren't any beneficiaries yet, um, there is nowhere to declare it other than the jurisdiction of the trust. Mm. Mm. Um, so there are undoubtedly, you know, very, very good, uh, very compelling tax considerations um, for locating a company or a trust in Jersey that are tax-based. Yeah, thank you. Um, Jersey is also a crown dependency of the UK, and sometimes there's a bit of confusion as to, you know, if UK says jump, it just says how high. Um, Jersey is independent in a legislative fashion from the UK, but it can be put under pressure in international tax avoidance issues the UK, of course, is a member of the OECD countries. They've signed up the automatic exchange of information, uh, or, or sometimes people call it the common reporting standard, which obliges each country to collate and exchange financial information on all clients who do not live on the island with the tax authority of the country in which the beneficial owner is tax resident. Explain how these obligations affect your investment management business in Jersey in practice. Mm, good question. Um, I actually think the more tricky bit is not the 
common reporting standard. It's it's more when you're dealing with the IRS and the W8 Bens and the W8 Bennies, um, which makes it very difficult for us to take on US DOM res passport holders. Um, you're correct in terms of the crown dependencies and its relation, or the and the crown dependencies relationship with um, the UK. I think the thing to remember is, and and you'll be far more familiar with this, is is that um, Jersey Guernsey Island Man, uh, in in many ways, are not British. They are Jersey, and certainly is part of what's called the Duchy of um, Normandy, and in actual fact, the Queen is. Uh, the Duke of Normandy, uh, and in Jersey, um, the loyal toast is to um, Le Duc. Uh, it's not La Duchess, it's La Duc, because the Queen's title in Jersey is the Duke of Normandy. So the law is very much Norman law uh, in its origins. Um, so where does that leave Jersey constitutionally within Great Britain? Um, it wasn't part of the Commonwealth because it wasn't a colony. It wasn't part of imperialism. Um, in fact, you could argue that Jersey and Jersey's old title was the imperialist over Great Britain. Um, however, because the crown is at the same time the Duke of Normandy, it sits within what's called the Privy Council, of which the Queen or the monarch is, uh, or the Duke, um, depending on which role she's playing, is the final signature um, and it's more to do with the relationship between the monarchy and Westminster and the Privy Council that matters um, in terms of whether or not the UK or specifically Westminster legislation can be forced on Jersey. The answer is it can be but it has to go through the Privy Council and very rarely does it get to that point. Um, in terms of the European relationship Again, we're not members of the EU, but I think that, that 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 one of the things that Jersey and I believe you know Guernsey and the Isle of Man uh, collectively, the authorities, the parliament, you know, the governments, the people, we you know we we are minded to be seen as good global citizens. Um, we are minded to protect um, wealth, but at the same time not protect, how can we put it, wrong wealth, you know, African dictators, drug lords. And I, I can't remember, but I remember reading exactly, I can't remember the case exactly, but you, you, you often read about the Jersey authorities handing over literally hundreds of millions of assets, um, you know, from persecuted uh, um, uh, wrongdoers, so to speak. So I think that that what tends to happen is that there may be MIFID two would be a good example. Let's say we don't have to adopt MIFID two um, because we're not part of the EU, we're not part of the UK. However, the Commission, the regulator, may well take out of MIFID two relevant parts and adopt them within our own uh, uh, regulatory legislation. Um, common reporting. Uh, is a, a, an exact point where there was no requirement for us to do it, but we did adopt it in the interest of transparency and being good citizens. And and in a way, 
you know, that also enhances and protects our reputation. Mm. Reputation is very key in 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 the minds and hearts of of those who are going to become clients of the jurisdiction, uh, which brings me neatly onto the the point that you've already touched upon, which is your relationship with the EU. I mean, the EU imposes obligations on its member states. You're not part of the EU. You are within, I believe, the Protocol 3 as part yes. of, part of uh, the EU. And of course, when we leave uh, the EU, that will drop away. Um, I don't think that's going to affect you very much, particularly. Uh, the latest compliance obligations uh, on member states is in DAC 6. Yeah, uh, which is requiring intermediaries such as lawyers, accountants, investment managers uh, to disclose the ownership structure and financial transactions, which could give rise to a tax advantage, even in fact no advantage is enjoyed. So you've got to disclose those information, that information, and that will be enclosed or incorporated into a register, not a public register, but nevertheless a register. Not having uh, be being subject to these these obligations must put Jersey at a significant advantage to other financial centres. Would you agree? Uh, yes, I can't say I'm overly familiar with 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 the proposed regulation. Um, it tends to be, I find, that if a piece of legislation or regulation doesn't affect you, you sort of tend not to do do your homework as thoroughly as you might do. Um, I mean, this whole subject of disclosure and, you know, underlying beneficial ownership, et cetera, et cetera, you know, has been something that has been on the cards for some time. And it's, 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 and it's sort of understandable. I mean, to say that we don't have any reporting requirements regarding um, UBOs actually would not be true because anybody with 10% or above, um, particularly in a regulated business, um, is required to disclose uh, and, and, and fully disclose, uh, including source of wealth, source of funds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that, that that it sort of a bit depends on how anonymous somebody wants to be, actually be. In my view, I'm not a lawyer, but in my view, in today's world with Facebook, social media, etc., it's very difficult to be anonymous in reality. Um, and with, you know, things like World Check, you know, the compliance search tool, um, you know, frankly, I think it's impossible these days. Mm. Um, where it does become a concern, clearly, is, is as you rightly point out, the, the tax implications in whatever jurisdiction that that UBO might live. But again, I would argue that the reality in practical cases is if you are non-UK res, but you might be UK dom, living in the south of France, let's say, or wherever it might be, and you have a Jersey entity that owns assets, um, you know, it's, it's, it's more about your obligations within that jurisdiction, not the obligations of where the assets are held. 
however, what I would point out to you, which I think is the thin end of the wedge, um, is the recent change in reporting requirements for UK property under capital gains tax, um, which came out on in April last year, which requires um, any property transaction um, uh, to be reported, whether or not there's been a gain or a loss, just the pure transaction needs to be reported to HMRC, whether or not the underlying owner, and there are some definitions of that, um, is res or non-res, or DOM or non-DOM, doesn't matter, right? It has to be reported. Failure to report carries within a certain time frame, which, forgive me, I forget, but it's a very short time frame. You know, we're not talking about a year, we're talking about less than a year, is finable. Um, having completed the transaction and registering that with HMRC, if there is a capital gain due on that transaction, that has to be paid relatively quickly, not even the end of the tax year, because clearly you're not in HMRC land, so you're not on their time scale. Um, and I mean, people talk about the stamp duty for overseas buyers, but you know, you've got that, then you've got this added reporting requirement, and it does make you wonder where the UK is going in terms of the reporting of um, non DOM or non res financial transactions. They've started with property, where do they go next? That's what we'll, we shall put to our uh, tax council who's going to come and talk to us fairly soon. And that's one of the questions that I'd like to put him. Thank you very much, uh, Mark, for joining us today for episode nine of How to Keep Your Money. Jersey is a mature financial centre. It has experienced professionals like yourself, uh, which are resident on the Thank island. You. Which it can <laughs> be said uh, that with low tax rates and some regulatory benefits, it's professional services businesses such as team are at a competitive advantage. It also has a relaxed and enjoyable way of life, which is unlikely to be much affected by, by the UK leaving the EU. Thank you, Mark, for joining us for episode nine of How to Keep Your Money. Thank you.